Start the party, Dan. Oh no, you got upset online. It's like you're having a real bad time. Should've just ignored what I said. But now I've got proof that you read it. See, I went a little more aggressive with that one so people would know that I'm recording it originally every week. Hello, friends, idiots, and friends who are also idiots. Welcome to your favorite podcast about social media and rejection. It is Blocked Party. This is episode number 112. I'm John. I'm Stefan. And, uh, you know, we have a great guest this week. I just want to bring him in right away. No preamble. We're just going to let it happen. He's a writer on Jesus and Marrow, comedian, host of the Make My Day podcast. Josh Gondelman is here. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for doing this. We were just talking about your uh, your lack of a Dunkin' Donuts sweatshirt, uh, mm-hmm. which I feel like has really set us on the runway for the rest of this show. <laughs> That's true. It is kind of the lane that I operate in is like, uh, buying Dunkin' Donuts merch and or complaining about Dunkin' Donuts merch not being delivered. That's like most of my vibe. Yeah. It's sort yeah. of it sort of ties in with I guess we did we, we talked about this in the last episode and, and I have a bit of an update for it too. I'm sure okay. some people saw this already on, on Twitter and Instagram. But Josh, yeah. I uh recently tweeted about Inglehofer mustard, um, mm-hmm. which is a just a wonderful mustard brand. Um I mean, I guess I don't have to like. I've, I'm I'm sure I've sold them like dozens. Yeah, of this extra is nuts. Mustard bottles. Like we gotta we gotta monetize I know, this. Okay, we well, Enough I kind of talking did. about Ingelhofer on the show without us getting money but from Ingelhofer. I did get some. I got some stuff. Yeah, you got a couple money. jars of mustard. That I got cost six, them like three dollars. No, no. Okay, so anyway, I I said <laughs> that uh, their creamy dill mustard uh, was my 2020 mustard of the year, and I tagged them in it. And, uh, it sort of popped off a bit and they like DM'd me and were like, uh, Hey, we want to like send you like a mustard care package. And we're in Canada in and, these, and in these trying times, honestly, mustard, mustard care is so important. It, it really is. It, <laughs> it honestly, care, mustard care. Apple care, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think those are the top three. I feel like mustard care definitely ranks higher than Apple care because if there's like a natural disaster, you, all your Apple products will just cease to work. Yeah, but mustard, it'll be there for you. You can yep. squeeze it right in your mouth. <laughs> Nothing's gonna happen. And it's I have the, with, in with your the mustard that I got. They they so they sent me they sent me six uh, little bottles, and their bottles are delightful. They're these little round circular bottles. the The logo on it is like I would I would say it's like the German version of the Pringles guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like the Pringles guy wearing like later hosen, basically. Um, I was gonna say he seems fairly Germanic. Already. He does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like yeah. 1800s German version of the got Pringles it, got guy. it, got it. Um, and so they sent me uh, six bottles, uh, two of the creamy dill, but with lemon and capers, which I haven't tried yet, because I'm going to be bringing them over for uh, John and producer Dan uh, as as a nice treat uh, in like a month when the lockdown ends. Um, and then uh, a spicy curry, a wow. hot spicy pepper, a ghost pepper. Uh, and a stone ground, which uh, I've had before and, and is wonderful. And I've, I tried them all yesterday. I bought a bunch of hot dogs and did like a mustard <laughs> taste test. It's normal to do. 
And uh, yeah, the, I mean, they're of all... all the things you could have put the mustard on, you went with hot dogs. Yeah, of course. Well, oh, that's, that's a good. That's a Wait, normal thing. Wait, what would you've gone with first? John? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, not hot dogs. I don't feel like. Okay, so okay, <laughs> so you've gone the other way. There's the two camps are now hot dog and not hot dog. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm very, and it doesn't matter whether it's a sandwich or not. This is yeah. This is the new is a hot dog a sandwich. It's is would a, would a hot dog be the first thing you'd put mustard would on? You, I would you use go, them as a dipping thing? maybe like is yeah it a, is i would go dip- pretzels i would go okay, pretzels pretzels or some reasons. type right. of like bread product where yeah. the flavor of the mustard really comes through and it's not you know sort of tainted by the taste of a hot sure dog. i don't th- i think the hot dog adds to the to the taste but i i see what you're saying i think i would yeah. have preferred maybe going with like like some sort of like spicy sausage or something right like yes, I, I, that I think would be that good could too, work actually yeah so you know what i'm i'm on john's side i fucked up pretty bad now that i think about it <laughs> fuck <laughs> God damn it. But how I, many I hot dogs did I, you have? Did you have a separate hot dog for each flavor? Yeah, I had four hot dogs. <laughs> That's a lot of hot dogs. I feel like I feel I'm, like I've shit. Also, I've also turned against the Stefan of two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing, Josh, is I think I knew in my soul that it was going to be the answer was going to be too many hot dogs. Yeah. I think that's what it was for me. I knew it wasn't like one hot dog cut, cut into it, like yep. six pieces. Yep. I knew that it was a full hot dog that's, per mustard. Honestly, okay, here's where I would go and this might be controversial and this goes into the extremely philosophical question of is a hot dog a hot dog? I would go pigs and blankets. Oh, oh okay. I, I that's but it, good. yeah, so you you you'd grab them, you dip them in the mustard. Yep. You, and, yeah. and then yeah. they're little cuz you could have like one or two of those in each mustard and still feel like you didn't you didn't go too too wild. That's that's good yeah. as like a sampler. And you're thing. getting like the yeah. pretzel at the same time yes. kind of. Like yeah. You're getting the bread and mm-hmm. the hot dog. Okay. Yeah. I think See? I think Josh has the the number one choice. Because yeah. the problem with the hot dogs is that I've had I put like a lot of mustard on it, right? Sure. So it's not like I'm having like little taste tests or little samples of it. Like and and I will say the hot pepper mustard and the ghost pepper mustard are extremely spicy. <laughs> so oh, you don't say the ghost yeah. pepper mustard was spicy. Yeah. The, wow! It says on the back of the ghost pepper mustard, the spiciest mustard in America. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm that, not feeling too good this morning, and I've had like three in, cups of coffee. This is going to be a disaster this oh afternoon. My God. I mean, it's just... saying the spiciest mustard, like putting a national border on it, makes yes. it sound so much scary. Like like if we could legally make it spicier. <laughs> We would, but people have died. <laughs> and I think the hot pepper mustard is like the second spiciest mustard in America. Uh, <laughs> people so, were begging us. This was the hottest mustard in America. And then, yes, Josh, they figured out a loophole where yeah. they could make an even spicier mustard and they, they wouldn't dared, be liable. They, they said we couldn't come up with a spicier mustard within the boundaries of America. And yeah. we did. They saw I, that I video was, of those two uh, girls trying the ghost pepper, uh, oh, yeah. whatever it was. And they're like, yeah. And like, we crying. could do this, but in a mustard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I didn't think that they could send it up to us either because, you know, we're up, we're up in Canada. They're <laughs> in uh, Oregon. They're in Beaverton, Oregon, I believe. Um, and we've had issues of before. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, we've had issues before where, um, John, you were sort of talking about how good, um, what's the, the sparkling spin water? Spin drift. Spin drift. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's not available in Canada at all. And so when they offered to send us some, some spin drift, uh, well, I guess they sent it to the, your, your PO box. In yeah. The, I have a in PO box. So we live like about half an hour from the border. So I have a PO box over the border for like cheaper shipping. Sure. So I just popped over. Got the spin drift. And you know what I will say? Uh, they never followed up. 
fucking bullshit. You know, I wanted more. I wanted more Spindrift. I wanted yeah. money. I, they, they didn't give me shit. It was like <laughs> I got, I got, I think it was four cases of eight. So I got, you know, 32 Spindrift and then that's it. Then that's all. I got a little taste. I was hoping I for some merch as well. Big Spindrift I, I, and now yeah. it's all over. I was Can hoping you buy for some... Spindrift? Where you are? No, we can't buy. No, no, it. no that's no. rough. So they just sent you because thirty-two is like nice. It's like a nice taste if you can then go out and buy your own right there. But now that's exactly you're just, right. You've got those cravings. Yeah, yeah. We're Inglehopper. We can get in Canada, so they yeah. were okay. able to send it up, but um, not all the flavors, right, Stefan? Like, no, I feel so, like the ghost pepper's not and here. the hot pepper, and I don't think I've seen the spicy curry, yeah, but the stone, the stone ground, and the spicy yeah. pepper in America, they can't even send it. To <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm surprised right. it got across the border. Yeah, <laughs> well, because part of it, Josh, is like when they bring things up to Canada, we sometimes will get products, but we won't get the full product line because mm-hmm. they're the companies are required to label it in French as well. Mm-hmm. So for for bigger companies that's like a huge cost like you're creating a completely different label like whatever so even like with LaCroix when we first got it up here we only got like three flavors because they didn't want to make French labels for all the different LaCroix and so I feel like that's what's going on with Ingelhofer they're like well we haven't had time to determine if this is the spiciest mustard in Canada yeah so until we do that we can't set it we can't send it up there they won't they won't be warned they won't know what's happening it's so funny that LaCroix uh uh brand with a pseudo french name was like, yes no 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 no. we're not doing we it we can't do that i know and it's like i mean we were saying people got pretty mad at us josh because when i'm a big i don't drink so i'm a big sparkling water guy and of course i said la croix because we're from canada yes that's how you and say you know it. how french is pronounced yes i do and and people like people who listen to the show were mad they were like telling me i was saying it wrong i'm like no no no, no. it's named after no, no. Uh, like we've been over this i think before but it's named after like a river in, in yeah. like Minnesota or something. And I guess yeah. down there they pronounce it LaCroix. And so, yeah. yes, they, they, they named it and they pronounced it wrong when they named it like right off the hop. So I think technically we're both right. Yeah. I mean, right? it was originally a holy water distribution company, um, but then they changed it. Yeah. I, I guess like. Lacroix the cross in French for those of you who cap, are not playing the home game. A cap on the demand for holy water, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened, right? Uh, Christianity went way down, and Lacroix was like, fuck, we got to rebrand. Look, there's a river in Minnesota called yep. Lacroix. Yep. Close enough. Boom. We're a sparkling water Nobody, company. Let's it's, go. It's not like even like a. a a priest who's like recently sober, right? Isn't like, man, I'm just gonna crush like eight baptisms while I watch football. <laughs> There's I, like, I'll, oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll say this uh, about Ingelhofer uh, is that they, I, I was, I was a little worried because uh, I was like, well, I'm not gonna get this for like a month or something, right? But they sent it in like two days. And it was really good timing, too, because, like, I, I posted a bunch of pictures of it. I, like, did, like, a photo shoot with it with, like, me and, like, my cat and all the mustards. And I posted it, like, the day before everything that happened last week. Yeah. Because I don't think, you know, if, 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 if it happened on, on the day of, like, the Capitol stuff, like, <laughs> I think I still would have posted it. But I would have sure. been, like... Um, very song. I would have done like a, a reshoot of the photo shoot and been like very yeah. somber. It would have been black and white. The photos would have been black and white. And yeah. You, would have, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, in these times of uh, division, uh, we can all agree. Ingelhofer, the fantastic mustard. mustard. 2020 mustard of the year. Yeah. yeah. It would have forced your caption, right? That's the problem. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have felt free to do whatever caption you wanted. You would have felt like you would have had to mention had to comment the day's on events in the caption. And then yeah. it's like, and then you just lose sight of it, you know? Exactly. Like I have a new hockey podcast 
podcast and we were going to launch it the day that all the capital stuff went down and you can't, I mean, we were just like, well, we can't do it. We can't do it now. And even if we did, you can't, there's no, there's no good way of like shoehorning it in, you know, well, yeah. oh, look at that attack at the Capitol. Speaking of capitals, mm-hmm. the Washington <laughs> Capitals, it's crazy. Check out the my Stanley new hockey Pub podcast. champions of 2019. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. I just couldn't, there was no way of shoehorning it in. So you just go like, okay, whatever. I guess we're off today. Democracy is shaken to my core. And you know what else is shaken to my core? My stomach after I just ate four hot dogs covered in this delicious mustard. <laughs> I really do feel, uh, I do feel, I do actually feel sick to my stomach though, for real, because of all the hot dogs. Like, I know we, we joke about my indigestion on the show a lot. Uh, I would say it's like maybe the biggest through line in the 112 <laughs> episodes we've recorded. Um, but I'm I'm 100 serious. Like tonight, this afternoon, uh, we're doing another bonus episode after this too, and I am legitimately worried about how that's going to go because I had the the four hot dogs um, last night, and I had like two big cups of coffee this morning, and I made like a breakfast sandwich with like a big fried egg and more mustard on it. Obviously, uh, the creamy oh dill, God. you know, nothing spicy. So I am. I'm a little worried, and this is not a slight against Ingelhofer, you know? Like, I just, I had too much mustard. That happens, you know? That's not <laughs> that their fault. Happen. It's their fault for making they it so They should have put delicious, a warning on the bottle that, you yeah, know, they, they should. didn't tell you. Please, mustard I, responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, I am a little insulted, though, sometimes, Stefan, because, you mm. know, you will come, you'll come on the show and you'll be like, oh, my stomach hurts. I'm going to have diarrhea, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I didn't like, say diarrhea. I, like, I am fine. But, yeah. But OK. But what I'm saying is you're like, <laughs> we talk about my we talk about my indigestion issues on the show. Like I have for real IBS, oh, yeah, you do. Yeah. you know, and you and it's like you make a mockery of it because you're like, well, I have indigestion <laughs> issues. And it's like, do you do you have indigestion issues or did you eat four hot dogs yesterday as a 32 year old man and then followed it up with okay, three well, cups I'm, of coffee I'm, and a fried still, egg sandwich? I'm still 31. So I'll say that. Well, I'm 32 soon, in, in like three months. I still think yeah. you need to address the uh, the allegations of stolen Valeria. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I yes. okay, Stefan, you are stealing exactly. Great term, Josh. I <laughs> love you. it. Exactly right. Stolen Valeria, John. If it makes you feel better, I I tried to play soccer yesterday. That's also uh, Alec Baldwin's sister-in-law, by the way. <laughs> I, Actually, it's just Valerie. It turns yeah, out it's just Valeria. She didn't get stolen. It's just fine. Uh, John, I I tried to play some soccer yesterday for the first time in like a year. I went oh, to, for I went your, to eight, your ACL because my ACL. I went to the park to like to run around, and kick the ball around a bit, and I, so I don't know if this makes you feel better, but I think my knee is still fucked up when it comes to playing soccer. So <laughs> that doesn't make me feel better. I'm just saying I, my body is fucked up too. Why would that make me feel better? Because your body is fucked up. All also, <laughs> so that's the way that you're trying to bridge this yeah, gap. Yeah, like, I have well, I IBS of the knee, but within my ACL, you know. <laughs> I have irritable IBS knee syndrome. Knee. Yeah, I have I IKS. Think- I think so many people have talked this week about the need for unity and bridging divides. And I think this is it. People with IBS, people with knee injuries. I think we need to come together. Exactly. We all have IBS somewhere. You know, that's really what it comes down that's what, to. I, that was Joe Biden's official statement on the Capitol uh, <laughs> occupation and terrorism. Listen, you're seeing all these guys storm the Capitol, but have we considered where they have IBS? Yeah. Maybe, they just needed, maybe they just needed to go to the bathroom really yeah. badly. And they, that's why they just like busted through the, the doors there, you know? Like they have that's nice bathrooms they were in the Capitol, we I assume. Have to take a shit. <laughs> yes, it's exactly right. 
I uh, I saw so many. I mean, the one video that I saw that was like obviously like a lot of very bad stuff happened, but the one video I saw that was incredibly funny and was one of those videos where you immediately saw it and were like, okay, we need the WWE uh, commentary added to this ASAP. And you and you check the replies and it was the first thing you see was the lady trying to climb up the wall mm-hmm. yeah. and <clears throat> making it almost to the top and then just like fall like falling fairly into far. the steel fence yeah uh so the wwe commentary version of that was hilarious but the one that really got me was the legend of zelda breath of the wild one where it's like the climbing meter is running out and then <laughs> oh, so she gets yeah. to the top the climbing meter runs out she falls and then it does like the game over screen i mean it's incredible how fast people put this stuff together like it was i swear to god within like 30 seconds of the video being posted someone had an edit ready wow um but i remember yeah it's it's i just, remember that was like a big thing back when like crying Jordans were a thing. And I remember yes. there was like an interview yeah. with like the guy who did all the crying Jordans. And he was saying like Michael Jordan that <laughs> yeah, Michael Jordan, he took it really personally yeah. uh, and he started his own graphic design company. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was just this one guy and he was saying how he would like prepare the crying Jordans ahead of time, like how sports reporters <laughs> Like how sports reporters write their like game report as the game is happening. Like if a team gets up 5-1 in the third period of a hockey game, they'll start writing the, oh, they lost and they sucked kind of story or whatever so that they can get it out quicker. He would be like, yeah, if the Super Bowl's happening, I, I'll make like 10 different crying Jordans, like one for like Tom Brady if the Patriots lose, one for Bill Belichick, one for the Patriots in general, one for the right, Broncos. One for their like, mascot, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. And so, because that was his whole thing is like he became the crying Jordan guy because he would have them done so quickly. And he was like, yeah, I just make them all ahead of time, which is like as depressing some in some way, I feel like. That that's you your whole first, thing. Though, like, right? well, I got to make twelve of these because uh, otherwise I won't go viral. I'll, or I'll say I feel right, like- and then left shark happens, and he's like, "Fuck, blindsided." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do one for Katy Perry's backup dancer mascot. Yeah. Oh, the lights yes. went out. Fuck, I was not ready for that at all. I, <laughs> I feel like we, um, if if the capital thing had happened, like five years ago there would be a lot of like parody accounts of the various like characters and stuff so the the QAnon guy with the the horns or whatever you know what I'm sure there are parody accounts made of that guy I guess it's more the fact that there would be it would be number one there'd be a lot of parody accounts made of it and number two they would be like super popular and everyone'd be like oh this is like so funny this is what if this guy had Twitter you know the funniest thing about those was like 8,000, like 12,000 people would follow them like overnight. We'd be like, ooh, Clint Eastwood yelling at an empty chair. <laughs> and then like th- literally the next morning, people would be like, oh, there's nothing about this that I care about even 12 hours later. Like, I don't care what this empty chair's jokes are about like the events of tomorrow. <laughs> Some of those accounts are still going too. Um, the one, like the original topical parody account, I think is the, the Bronx Zoo Cobra. Oh, yeah. And... And they post like three or four times a year, basically, whenever there's like a really big news story. And it's just like, I mean, what are you what are you doing at this point? Like, I, I just I don't really I guess if you're like the first ever topical parody account, I sort of get it. But like, yeah, if you search like binders full of women, there are like yep. dozens of accounts and some of them are still posting. And it's just like, I mean, I almost admire it like that sort of persistence. I don't. I don't admire it at all. I think it's fucking stupid. That was from Mitt Romney's 2012 presidential campaign. That's yeah. like binders oh full of women. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, and then, well, yeah, I couldn't invisible believe Obama that, uh, was from that campaign too, I think, yep. right? The chair. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I couldn't believe that the there was like when Trump got suspended, there was one that like got like half a million followers where it was like John Barron that was or a, whatever. Oh, yeah. and it was just a but that picture. was like a one off. I don't know if that one's posted since then. Like that to me is like no, a it really hasn't. Good, it just yeah. posted one tweet, but That's then it fine. got like it half. A great one joke, That's, but you don't yeah. have to follow it. You just retweet it. Yeah, exactly. Let exactly. It be. Whoever came up with, whoever did that, like handled it perfectly. You, you do. I mean, I think it's a joke that a lot of people probably thought of doing. They got their first. Good for them. But yeah, it was one post. I'm out. That's the joke. Like, what more can you do, really? So sell it. Sell that. You got half a mil followers now. That's sell true, it off actually. to some brand. That's the perfect way to do it. Mustard. Yes. <laughs> Inglehoffer. They only have like 300 followers. They tweet like twice a year. It's like Inglehoffer. We can hook you up. I mean, we didn't start the account, but. Yeah, it is we'll a broker weird... a deal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think too part of it back then was that like if I remember right, back then I feel like people were still using the favorites tab like for its intended use, mm. which was like, oh, I really like these tweets, so I'm going to bookmark them so I can read them later. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't just you know, oh, someone replied to me, so I'll favorite it. Here's Who a cares? courtesy fave. Yeah. yeah, courtesy favor, whatever. So I feel like following those accounts back then was like the courtesy fave. You're like, oh, haha, they made an account for the empty chair. Yeah, I'll follow it. And then, like you say, Josh, you wake up the next morning and you're like, well. I don't give a shit about this anymore. It's not even relevant like 12 hours later. Yeah. But you just, it was like that courtesy follow. Oh, that's funny. And then you unfollow it or whatever you do. Yeah. And I feel like it's, yeah, it's like now we have the courtesy fave. We have the quote tweet. We have, you know, you don't have to follow You, have, you this. can bookmark like, tweets too. There's actually a bookmark option now too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I think I, I keep doing that by accident and don't know where my book of tweets is. <laughs> so it's all just of them. My like clumsy thumbs hit by accident. <laughs> I'm sure I'm someone on Instagram else is... all the time with the like, the ribbon where you like save yep. you can save the post or whatever. Yeah. Like who are these? I mean, unless you're just like jacking off to them, <laughs> I don't really understand why you'd be like, you know, oh, yeah. I gotta save this Instagram post like for right. what? And it's it, also like just screenshot it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna go to Instagram and look at your album of other people's pictures you saved. <laughs> what kind of rear window shit is this? <laughs> That's why I can only assume it's jacking off. That's the only thing it's for. It's for fucking it's for people who are just like, you know what? I this is how I do it. This is how I jack. It's like a voyeuristic like (laughs) I saved your photo from a year ago. (laughs) That's got to be, I think, because they they don't get notified if you save their photo that way, too, presumably. Right. No, they don't. Or at least I assume not. No one's I've done it by accident a bunch. There was a period where and I only know this because a friend of mine posted like a picture. She was like out for the summer and it like in a bathing suit and it got she saw how many times it got saved. But I don't (laughs) think you see who saves it. And she was like, you friggin weirdos. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh my That's God. a really funny feature, though, like not showing you who did it, but just knowing like, oh, OK, like I just have a bunch of like horny freaks who follow me. Yeah. <laughs> and I just yeah. have to guess who they are, I guess. It shouldn't even be called like the bookmark order. It should be called the horny freak meter <laughs> Yeah. It's like how yes. the incognito mode tab is like the little like uh, fucking yeah. like uh, like sex spy. party mask from like eyes wide shut, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just call, yeah, just like call a spy it, versus spy hat on. It's like we know what you're doing in here. Just, just call, call it. Just call it porno mode. Just call it. They, porno they mode call it point. porn in New York Times articles yeah. mode. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and flights. 
you know, because like I don't think they really do it anymore. But there used to be that whole thing where if you were like looking at flights, it would like save your cookies oh, and yeah. then like raise the price of the flights or whatever. So you'd go on incognito mode to like so the the you know big airplane wouldn't realize that yeah. you were trying to get to Dallas Fort Worth or whatever. Whenever I did that, I always felt like a spy. I'd be like, yeah. ooh, I'm like secretly booking a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Going yeah, to visit like, my uncle. <laughs> it's the lowest level computer hacking possible. You're like, because that shows up, the window's a different color. Like Stefan said, it's got the little it's purple you know, too, which is other, that's like a sex color, right? Yeah. It's like dark yeah. purple. Like they know Very what they know what that yeah. mode is, you know? Yeah, it's like right. It, you're you're all of a sudden in an episode of Euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. I don't uh, I don't want to like out myself here but i will say it took me like an embarrassingly long time to know what incognito mode was you were like, looking at, like, you were looking at porno in just regular mode oh yeah absolutely what? and then i would just like delete it but i didn't well because i didn't i just didn't even know it existed when when for, did you re- when did you realize you could use incognito mode like for i would say it was like oh this i is, mean in the last no. two years maybe what <laughs> yeah the uh, the other thing. I, you, okay, here's a true fact. Actually, I only learned about it from you, Stefan. Not. Oh, I believe be- that. Yeah. <laughs> well, not because you know you and I were doing some like high school thing where we were just sitting around watching porno. Um, but you had definitely. <laughs> we were doing an episode, and you had to. I think it was not. I think it was a real good show. I think it's like that long ago. So yeah, maybe yeah. two and a half years or whatever. But you were like, oh, I don't want this. I don't want this to show up in my search history. So I'll just incognito mode yeah and then i was like wait what's that i, I assume kind of we were looking up uh was rule 34 rule probably. 34 like oh, serial sure. mascot porn or something so yeah. here um, my wow. favorite my favorite thing that happens tangential to incognito mode and people not knowing about it is when like some uh like conservative figure will post a screen grab from a website with their porn targeted ads on there yes. and be like can you believe these advertisers are porn and they don't realize that they're just like showing their own porn preferences advertised to them and then to the world it's yeah. like always such a treat i believe benny johnson did that like it's mm-hmm. it's yeah just the just not understand the concept of a incognito mode and b targeted advertisements yeah. is is so and like the other th- like that that brings me to what happened this week which is all of the conservatives complaining like oh i just lost hey i lost twenty thousand followers or yeah. i didn't i don't have a bunch of insane fascists following me yeah. so you know, it's it's like pretty obvious what happened. You know, and and the funniest thing is people, um, like like blue checkmark like conservative figures who have like two hundred thousand followers, but they also follow like three hundred thousand people. Just like a terrible <laughs> yeah. follower to following ratio, and they're like, oh, I lost twenty thousand followers. Like, no, you didn't. You lost you lost twenty thousand people who, if they even were real people, never saw your posts anyway because they also follow three hundred thousand people and their timeline is just this like insane snake pit of of like QAnon right. bullshit and like they're never going to see your posts ever. My like it's theory, so funny when they complain about shadow banning and stuff. Like, oh, yep. I was shadow banned. No one's faving my posts anymore. Ted Cruz does it. It's like, you're a senator, dumbass. Like, yeah. I cannot believe you're like, my tweet didn't get enough faves. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's, it's just like so infuriating. And it's like, hey, you should be uh, kicked out of the Senate for caring about that and saying it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yes, if totally. Someone, if I was dating someone in the past and they said that, I would be like, we can't be together anymore. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah I just posted this selfie and it only it got like <laughs> half the likes it usually gets like i like shadow banning is a on. real thing like it, yes. it's a you know you see it on like message boards and stuff i think they maybe even do it on like reddit where essentially it's instead of banning someone it just makes it so someone is like shouting into the void yes. and they don't realize that other people can't see their posts um but in this case it's legitimately that every insane conservative grandparent that has twitter follows 400,000 people and the chances of them ever seeing a specific post by someone are so minuscule so no one's getting any interaction with their post because they follow too many people to like ever see those posts like if they they hit refresh on their timeline and like 500 posts show up you know if i hit refresh on my timeline like three posts show up like it's And uh, it, we uh, we have to mention, like, how many of these 4,000 or whatever accounts that people are losing, how many of them are just Bill Mitchell sock puppet accounts Yeah, <laughs> since he's oh, been banned? So he got, did he get banned a while ago or did he leave? I think he did. I thought he was banned. Okay. Yeah. It, I don't it's, think he was one of those, like, I'm taking my talents to parlor guys. Oh, the, I mean, the, yeah, I, I know Rush Limbaugh, uh, he quit Twitter, I think, in like solidarity. And so did a couple other like <laughs> conservative figureheads. In yeah, solidarity yeah. with the Nazis getting kicked off Twitter. I do yeah. quit Twitter. The, the funniest one to yeah. me are so like, obviously, there's like Rush Limbaugh and like the super insane people like leaving Twitter. And then you get the people who like write for like the Federalists who are like obviously like bad people uh, like like Ben Ben Dominic and like and then uh, his wife, Megan McCain, they're posting like well obviously i don't have much longer here on on this website so you know before i inevitably get banned shut the fuck up like yeah. you're not gonna get banned because you 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 post like pretty like milquetoast stuff for the most part um obviously like your political opinions are, are horrible obviously but you just they just want to be like they see all these people getting banned and they're like praying that they get banned next so they're they can, like, so horny to it. get banned yeah god and, yeah, and i think big... like you're saying like shadow banning is a real thing but it's not happening to like uh high engagement figures that are driving a ton of traffic to Twitter who like has largely turned like close their eyes to this. It's happening to like people who they suspect are doing sex work, which is like way more. Yeah. Uh, it's way like more upsetting that that group of people who is like trying to make a living gets shadow banned rather than Ted Cruz being like, they banned it when I said, thanks for uh, storming the Capitol and spanking my ass on TV. <laughs> Americans. <laughs> Uh, my yeah, favorite one it's... has been um new york rangers defenseman tony d'angelo oh yeah mm-hmm. um he's like a he's like a real piece of shit and has been for a long time he like he even in in quarantine or like earlier in covid he started his own podcast and the rangers had to be like no 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 absolutely <laughs> not you're not doing that um he it's like insane i mean anyone who's listening who doesn't know anything about this guy look up the clip of his dad like it was crazy so he was like a really good junior player but he got he didn't get drafted till the second round and he was probably like a top first round like top 10 top 15 talent because he had like he got suspended for like racial slurs homophobic slurs on the ice all this stuff and then there's an interview for some reason his father agreed to do an interview where he was like yeah i don't really see a problem with those words i mean we just use them all the time at home like it's it's not a big deal they're just words you know and then the reporter's like what do you mean you use them at home he's like every day every day we use those words but it's not a big deal like there's just a word you know i don't know why you punish tony because we use these words it's like and it's like holy christ so yeah he's just been nuts the first like he's been in the nhl for like six years he's been on three different teams he's a big like free uh, speech guy big free speech guy so he quit twitter to leave for part 
parlor, which is just so funny to me. And now parlor's well. like gone too, which is also very funny. Yeah. yeah. And he like he started tweeting on parlor like I can finally say what I want to say. It's like, no, you're in the NHL. You're a professional athlete. It doesn't matter what platform you're on. If you start saying stupid shit, you will be out of the NHL. So you need to like figure and he's like, oh, finally I can say. And then I think his first post was about like how wearing masks is stupid and like <laughs> stuff. And it's like, oh my God. It's, that was my favorite one. It's like you can't tweet about how wearing masks is stupid when you do a job where you're at least one coworker wears a mask <laughs> to work every day. Yeah, exactly. Like, Jacques doing? Plant really set set us on a terrible course for wearing <laughs> yeah, masks. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, every NCAA college player, uh, they just can't be. They they're all left wing by default because they're wearing <laughs> That's masks what it all is. the time. It's every every NCAA college uh, hockey player is antifa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's canon, baby. Uh, Speaking of canon, let's move on to our social media updates. What a good segue. Boy, was it smooth. Stefan and John are going to bring you the news. Prepare for a feast of rarefied tapes. Terrible tweets from verified greats. They'll bring their personal feed to you with an update on their social, social, social media. Josh, we always like to start with the guest. What's going on on your social media? Okay, well, I think we've talked a little bit about the general. I was on social media, glued to social media all Wednesday with with the, just the horrible uh, assholes storming the Capitol. But my week was truly dominated on social media by uh, I tweeted about Mr. Bean on Tuesday. Oh, yes. This is why I think we started talking about doing the show. This <laughs> yes, week. yes. And it was just like blown out of the water by the actual events of the week. But this was the thing that I'm like, I can't, I, I was like, thank goodness people have stopped yelling at me about this. I tweeted Mr. Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson, the British comedian had said he was asked in an interview about like freedom of speech, cancel culture stuff. And he'd made a statement that was like a little bit, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, Oh, he wasn't going to parlor. Like it wasn't at that level, but he was like, Oh yeah, I think people have to worry about like the angry mob and people should like be more tolerant of differing opinions, something like that, which like, I think that's the kind of thing that, that sometimes people say and mean, I want to say racist things. Sometimes people say it not knowing that it's like also code for, I just want to say racist things, but it doesn't matter. I, I don't, I have no animosity towards Mr. Bean, but I did tweet Mr. Bean, something like Mr. Bean weighing in, on cancel culture is so funny to me. It's like, what are the PC police going to arrest you for making a funny face after you put on two trout, like their uh, slippers <laughs> and uh, two trout on your feet, like their slippers. And people went fucking ballistic on me for like 24 hours. <laughs> hundreds of Mr. Bean fans. <laughs> well, they wouldn't identify as such. It's like hundreds of British people who were like, You've never seen Black Adder, you twat? And it's just like, <laughs> no, I haven't, because I live in the United States and we have several television channels, so I don't have to watch the one show you liked 30 years ago. And it's, I'm sure it's great. I've never seen it. I don't it, care. It is a very funny show, and I, and I will say Mr. Bean's a very funny show too. But I think, as, as you're saying, like every old British comedian thinks that way, and you, I don't need an yes. interview with them. I think it's just safe to assume, oh, that's an old British comedian from the 70s and 80s. They wish they could. He just they wish they could still like wear a dress and whatever. Like yeah. I, and again, no, 
this is not me being mad at Mr. Bean or saying like cancel Mr. Bean, but it was like a ton of British people furious that I only that they're like, you've never heard of Rowan Atkinson. I was like, of course I have. It's funny to call him Mr. Bean. And they're like, no, he's Blackadder and he didn't stand up. And it's like, all right, man, calm down. I know, you know, nine comedians total, uh, but like your favorite one is not especially relevant to me in the year 2021. So then it got the, the my tweet got like reposted by some conservative blogger who tweets like an AI bot who it, his tweet <laughs> quoting mine was just like cancel culture liberals Mr. Bean not enough for you like something <laughs> was like that stupid and and so then a bunch of con- so it was it became this cold front of uh, British comedy fans and then a warm front of <laughs> Uh, anti-Semitic, anti-cancel culture warriors oh. being like, oh, you SJW cuck, come in for Mr. Bean, you <laughs> piece of shit. So it was just like all these idiots defending Mr. Bean like he's some First Amendment warrior. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, sure, I get that Rowan Atkinson has had some uh, moments in his career where he said politically provocative things. He did provocative political satire when he started comedy in the 80s and 90s is what i was told he's also like defended boris johnson for making weird uh islamophobic jokes so it's yeah. not like he's some um, like icon that i have to uh show deference to in terms of his like all uh, his across the board political activism but it was an absolute nightmare i could only think and and again this is me as like like a straight white dude. I, I know women that I know who are journalists or that I don't know, just women who are like are on the internet at all will get it so much worse for literally no reason. But it was just like an onslaught of like hundreds of tweets. And then it became people. Um, there was one group of people in my mentions that was arguing over whether Roseanne was racist. Oh and then a gosh. second group <laughs> that oh was, that were like a bunch of British people, like turfs ardently defending JK Rowling, who I <laughs> did not mention. <laughs> and and oh. it was just like an absolute, I was like, this is, we've got to burn the internet down, just throw sand in the servers at Twitter. It was a truly, I was like this week online, cannot get worse and then Wednesday happened <laughs> so with, with everyone getting banned and stuff Josh you should try posting that like right now and see what happens <laughs> just everyone being like yeah we agree it's, good one it was yeah they were like yeah Mr. Bean kind of a kind of a goofball people were like people kept calling me a clown and he's like Mr. Bean is a clown that's his job you can't use clown as an insult in defense of a clown the funniest part yeah. of that article too is Rowan Atkinson being like, "I'm so exhausted from from playing Mr. Bean." Just like yeah. talking about how much he hates playing Mr. Bean, which I guess I could like sort of get because like that yes. is what he's known for the most, and like I'm sure he wants to be known for for other things potentially. But then he's also doing a Netflix series uh, next year or this year, I think, where he plays a guy in a mansion trying to get rid of a bee for the entire series. Which like honestly. I, that sounds funny to me. I do want to yeah. watch that. But it also sounds exactly that. like Mr. Mis- Bean, too. Mr. Bean. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's weird, too. And, and Josh, you obviously know being a comedian and, and like, you see this kind of thing. It it I don't understand how people can miss that it is just, like, inherently funny that a reporter sat down and they're like, you know what? We should write an article about cancel culture. Who should we talk to? You know, and then the first person they think of is Mr. Bean. Like, yeah. it just doesn't, like, no one, no one on earth 
was like, God, I really wonder what, how, what Rowan Atkinson feels like about all this. You know, it's yeah. not like he was doing, and that's exactly like the joke that you made, but it's weird that people just don't get that it's like it just on its face it's just inherently funny it's that that's so the funny, guy yes. that you go to for talking about cancel culture it just doesn't it it's doesn't make so any funny. sense and like i get why british like i get why a british person might be like hey actually he's known over here he's known for all this other stuff and so like it does you know we are used to hearing about stuff in this context but like as an american and you know not to um not to make this the issue but like there are so many just by definition, so many more Americans aware of Mr. Bean than British people, right? Like, if every British person, their favorite show of all time was Blackadder, Mr. Bean is still more famous because of the United States. <laughs> so, like, I don't, you can't yell at me and be like, actually, he's more famous for this. It's like, well, not where I live and just not by total volume. But it is, like, the tweet literally said, it is funny to me that Mr. Bean, like, it wasn't like, oh, yeah. fuck this guy. It was truly like, I laughed when I was like, when will Mr. Bean break his silence on cancel yeah, culture? Yeah, just the, the phrase Mr. Bean weighs in on cancel culture is just inherently funny. It's and like, so funny. It's like yeah. tremendous. It's when I saw it, I like didn't even read the article be before I tweeted because I don't even care if he agreed with me. It's just like a very <laughs> funny premise. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel yeah. like I saw it probably partly because of your tweet sort of going viral and everyone tweeting about it, but it showed up in my trending topics <laughs> and the way that they wrote it is trending was like uh was rowan atkin mr bean's rowan atkinson uh weighs in on cancel culture like that was literally how they wrote the trending it's topic so and i was funny. like that is such a funny sentence that's amazing i love every it's part it's great of it. and again i like i don't i don't agree with what he said it didn't sound like the most monstrous version of like anti-cancel culture uh right-wing hackery but like because he said like you know you know sometimes the, the people are too mad about a joke or on online people it's like an angry mob then like every conservative in the united states was like i stand with mr bean yes we bean hashtag bean hive like <laughs> yeah and i don't get like what you get like I, I, if you're Rowan Atkinson, it's also like none of his comedy has ever been about that. I mean, I guess maybe Blackadder was. I don't know. But like, I mean, he's been known as Mr. Bean for like 20 years. Yeah. None of his con It's very easy to just be like, I don't know. I think you could just like accept things the way they are. Like or people, like, you know, even like just would be so easy to be right in the middle of the road. You don't yes. need to. You don't need to veer left or right. Yep. You're fucking Mr. Bean. You don't right. even talk in your shows and movies yep. like just say you know what? What? Uh, who? I don't really have an opinion. You could also say that, too. It's like Stefan's main piece of, and our main piece of advice in the show is don't tweet. Just yeah, don't. Just you don't tweet. have to tweet. Yeah. No one's forcing well, you to he tweet. Probably do he probably doesn't know about everyone like talking about it and getting mad about it online, because I don't think he really is that online. So he's probably just weighing in based on what like John Cleese has told him about this. Yeah, exactly. You know? Or like someone criticizing like Blackadder jokes from like 1991 or something, and him being like, well, oh, that's funny that you're mad at that. That was 30 years ago. And yeah. you know what I mean? Where you can just be like, oh, yeah, I guess some of the stuff that we did 30 years ago wouldn't fly now. And, and that's probably good. Like, yeah. that we've made some progress and, like, our, our tastes have changed. Cool. Yeah, totally. Stefan, what's going on on your social media? Well, I'm, I've got two quick updates here because I couldn't pick between them. Uh, and they're both to do with, obviously, the, the Capitol stuff. The first one is the West Virginia State Delegate who... Uh, 
resigned recently because he was one of the people like raiding the Capitol. Uh, but he like live streamed it. I mean, that was one of the funnier parts of it was everyone just like live streaming it and like with their faces and everything. Cause you know, they're not wearing masks for either reason. And, uh, they have, um, uh, in, in like the federal court record, they have, uh, listed like all the evidence and like the, the reason for charging this guy and, and arresting him. And, <laughs> This is this is just so funny to me. Uh, approximately, and this is just entered into the record. Approximately three minutes and fifty six seconds into the video, Evans shouts, "We're in! We're in!" Derek Evans is in the Capitol. <laughs> so funny. He like Steve halted himself out of Congress. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, I mean, uh, that's great. A lot like like the that that baked Alaska loser. All, all those guys were yeah live streaming, saying their names. Uh, no masks or everything, but it's just, it's so funny seeing it entered into the record. And there was another one where it was, uh, obviously a little bit darker, but there was the guy who had all the Molotov cocktails in his car. And the reason they figured out it was him is because I guess they moved his car and there were like cops standing where the car was. The guy like came back and he's like, have you seen my red truck? And the cops are like, uh, what, like what else is in it? And he's like, oh, I have a bunch of bombs in the front seat. Wow. And I like said that to the pl- and they're like, okay, well, we have to, we're like arresting you now because of all the bombs in your car. Did you hear about the guy? This I feel like this guy deserves a mention as long as we're here. The guy yeah. that tasered himself in the yes. balls trying to steal a, a painting of uh, deceased Massachusetts legislator Tip O'Neill and yes. tasered himself into the balls, triggered a heart attack, and died. Yes. Yeah, I, I, and like the, the, there's the picture of him with like the two AR-15s or whatever yep. next to the world's skinniest Christmas tree, uh, and I think he had posted that on Parlor, being like, uh, "Hey, like we're we're going to Washington, we're going to take back our country or whatever," and then that happens. There was the lady who got trampled to death who had the "Don't Tread on Me" flag as well. Which they didn't is just listen. Like, I guess not. Yeah. I, I, the, Insane. The, the font was very small on it. Maybe it was <laughs> it was hard to read from a distance. But I feel like it's it's one of those. This week was a real test of the whole sort of theory um, or just general sentiment of like, oh, well, you know, I wouldn't wish death on anyone. You know, I feel like this week was a real test of like, are you sure? Are you sure you wouldn't wish death on anyone? This to me feels like when if you're like at a friend's house and they're like, you know, remember when you could go visit friends, but like you're visiting a friend and they're like, hey, are you hungry? And they're like, and you're like, nah. And like, well, I ordered a couple pizzas and you're like, I could eat. And this is like that where it's like, I wouldn't have wished death on these people, but death came for them. And I'm, I think of all the people who have died in the last year, I'll get to feeling sad for them last. How about that? <laughs> I think that's very reasonable. Yeah, that's yeah. super reasonable. It's a, it's a phone book. You know, they always would put that like weird pages in the back of the mm-hmm. phone book. Those guys are on those pages. I feel right, that. They're in there. Like I'm sure they're they're they have family members who are grieving right now who are are not uh dumb fascist sympathizers that are that are feeling confused and hurt right now. Um and so I, I feel my maybe my heart goes out to them. But like I guess it's like everyone who who died of COVID and then like everyone who died for from other reasons and then I, probably even people who are sick but haven't died yet. I'll feel bad for them first. <laughs> <laughs> just in and case. And then just people, yeah, people who like with breakups, like people who had bad breakups this year. 
and then those two people that that died trying to overthrow the government. I would say many people of- whose, whose pets died as well because they're home oh, yeah, all the time, so it's even tougher this year. That's so yeah. sad. I had friends whose yeah. pets died. That's so sad. Yep, I'll feel yeah. bad for them. Um, I guess like, I think John shows- maybe for not getting the not getting the spin drifts uh, sent directly mm-hmm. to us, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and That's true. I had to drive the- all the way to Point Roberts. So yeah, so. I will, I'll say people who lost jobs for sure ahead of them. Yes, yeah. definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. The guy who tased himself in the balls, I also heard that's how Mr. Belvedere died. And I don't know. <laughs> he sat on his taser. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Uh I do have one more quick one, which is uh Sean Davis, who is the co-founder of the Federalist and who blocked me like five years ago for the classic move of replying to him with his profile picture. Love and that. not to make fun of someone's appearance, but this guy really should change his profile picture. Um I will link the post to you guys. You may also be blocked. He blocks a lot of people. Yeah. Um but he posted and a lot of other conservatives posted about this too, uh, that you're not, Twitter doesn't let you hashtag 1984. (laughs) So he posted Twitter won't let you hashtag hashtag 1984, a dystopian novel about an evil big tech government that spies on everyone, censors and manipulates speech, punishes wrong thought and tortures dissidents for sport. There's Orwellian. And then there's banning references to Orwell Orwellian. And you just, so you can't hashtag numbers because Because if you were going to do like number one or number two, like it, yeah, you, so you've just never ever been. It's not. It's not like you used to be able to, and you can't now. You n- could never ever since two thousand six. You you can't hashtag numbers on. Of Twitter. course, because it's like w- there's no function to it. It's like, ooh, who else thinks they're number one? <laughs> like that's yeah. not what a hashtag is for. <laughs> yeah, because it would just like pull. Yeah, exactly. Like it's 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 so it's like obvious why they wouldn't do it. And the the post. I mean, as you get, you can click on it, the post is still up. Um. And yeah, I can't believe he didn't delete that one. Holy smokes. They're so yeah. dumb. They leave them all up. Unless yeah. they're, uh, except for the people who were like, God, I love that everybody's storming the Capitol building. Oh, delete, delete, delete. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think Sean Davis is, I think he's, he's definitely dumb. I think also he is keeping this up like just willfully uh, because he knows it's going to like rile people up and get yeah. more people coming to his website and reading his, his like uh, his poison and everything. So, uh, and also the Orwell stuff is very funny to me because he went to like Spain to fight fascists and every, anyway, uh, we don't have to go into that, but uh, a lot of very insane posts this week, and those yeah. are just a couple of the ones I wanted to touch on. Um, John? Well, I think just before we get to my social media, Chris Locke had the best 1984 tweet, past guest and comedian Chris Locke, where he said uh, it was like, me, wow, the world's really looking like 1984. And then it was like action brackets, big white whale crashes through my <laughs> bedroom window. Actually, no, it's like Moby Dick. <laughs> I hold on. Can I do one more? Because the the yeah, 1984 tweets were like their own genre. Because Josh Hawley, right? Was, he got his book deal yes. canceled uh, yes, for being that a fascist. Was so funny. Oh my god! And then people were like, "I gotta find." Shoot, hold on. I'm gonna look this up specifically. Uh, but he, so there were just like the idea of conservatives not knowing what 1984 is is so funny and just referencing it constantly. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay. Uh, David Reese, the who's a, a writer and TV writer and, and has written books and stuff. And I wrote the Get Your War On cartoon um, for Rolling Stone years ago. But he said, Orwell would be ashamed of the big brother we are seeing in this animal farm display of suppression <laughs> of speech. Truly a brave new world for the thought police in our parentheses 1984 midst. Lolita is another book I've heard about. <laughs> Hashtag the catcher in the rye. <laughs> 
Uh, and that hashtag uh, worked because yes. those are words. Yes, those so, are words. Those are that's words. What hashtags yeah. are for. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, my social media update. You know, it's been a heavy week. I figured we'd lighten it up because uh, I've been I've been saving this one for a few weeks because uh, I I remember this and it's very very funny. This was uh, this is just a random tweet from past guest Brandon Ash Muhammad, uh, and he just wrote, "Americans, y'all have no idea how broke Canadian media is. There was this one makeover show where they made the poor struggling restaurant pay fifteen grand, and then the network would match it. Like what?" <laughs> Um, and I just like, it just brought back this flood of memories about this show that we had in Canada. And what he's saying is true. It was a show called restaurant makeover. So it's like similar to like restaurant impossible or kitchen nightmares or shows like that, where they would go to a struggling Canadian restaurant and they would say like, they would bring in the like interior designer and everything like that. And they would, and they didn't really, I, if I remember right, it was literally just an interior design thing. I don't think it was like a menu revamp. No, it was because Lynn Crawford was on the show. So they would do like a little menu revamp too. Um, but it was like, you can give us up to $15,000 and we will match it. So you're taking this poor struggling restaurant, making them invest a further $15,000 in this struggling restaurant to try to save it by like redecorating the inside. And then I remembered sometimes they would like, they couldn't match the 15,000 and the show people would be pissed. Like they would be like, they would try to shame them and be like, uh, you know, like, cause the interior designer would, would always have a plan that required the full $30,000. And then if they were like, you know what? I think I can only get 10. The interior designer would be like, well, I mean, then we're going to have to change the light. We're going to have to change the lights and we're going to have to, I mean, it's just, we're not going to be able to do the things we want to do. And they'd be like, I'm sorry. Like I asked everyone I know I could only get 10. And it was like the saddest show on TV. I don't really have a very good comment or anything about it. I just watch old episodes of it. It's crazy. And it had an insanely high hit rate of restaurant closures. These people would <laughs> spend their last 15 G's and it was like a year later, 70% of the restaurants on the show were closed. It's what, cha um, what channel was it on? This was CTV or this is a, no, it was, um, it was like TLC, I think, oh, or okay. something like that. Yeah, yeah, Bravo. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. That is so, God. that's such a bummer. I feel like that's how those things often go right like it's because it, they the all those makeover shows they're like we we put a uh, fifty thousand dollars two hundred fifty thousand dollars of work into your house and now you can't afford to live there anymore because your property taxes are too high and it's like oh no like it's just a weird bad genre of show totally well I, and i think too there was like um like some of the extreme makeovers like of people they would like never air because they would just like fuck up the plastic surgery oh. and then they're just like well sorry your plastic surgery went so bad that uh we're not gonna bring in your family to like see this makeover or whatever it was like <laughs> yeah there's like a whole you're gonna have like, to go on extreme makeover makeover <laughs> exactly yes it was like oh my god but yeah it was just truly like such an insane it just when brandon he tweeted that like three weeks ago and i've been wanting to bring it up on the show because i feel like we talk about canadian media a lot on the show and it's just like <laughs> so funny and emblematic of that where they it was just like, yeah, we're not gonna front. We're not gonna front thirty thousand dollars for your restaurant. You got to pay half. They need it's to. Such they need a show concept. that makes over their show and gives it a bigger budget. <laughs> <laughs> like that show, needs show like makeover. A, here's yeah. another. Here's fifteen grand. You, you, you just spend give it, it to the restaurant. restaurant. 
get them a new that new electronic point of sale system that they want and it just like i feel like in those cases too like a restaurant is probably struggling for a few reasons either the food is not very good the location is bad whatever you're probably not gonna fix those things by making the interior look great like i have never i don't think i've like I'll notice if a restaurant I go into has a nice interior, but you go to a restaurant because people say the food is good. So if they're not really changing that part of it, it doesn't. You're never like, oh wow, they, oh they painted all they painted all the walls in there. We better go check it out, you know. Or if you do that, it lasts once, right? right. You get like a big boom in business for like a month or two, and then people go, oh yeah, even though they painted it, still the food still yeah. shit. Or and then the the no one, one that goes. I always see on like bar rescue with john taffer right he always gets mad at people because for pouring drinks with too much liquor in them he's like you gotta measure because you're just giving away alcohol and it's like yeah you mean like everyone's favorite bars do yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that i won't hate make your one very successful bar. strategy yeah that won't make people want to come back to your bar and spend money you just giving them extra strong liquor yeah yeah, yeah this, no this bar kidding. looks like a total dive it looks like a big piece of shit yeah it rocks. That's great. Yeah, that's I love that. It, it looks like shit. I bet they'll probably give me more alcohol than a really fancy bar would. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Let's go in there. <laughs> and the price the, the, whole the prices are are a little lower, so the the profit margins are low. Oh, a great customer experience. <laughs> my my friend Rax King, um, who's a very funny writer, wrote a a. I think it might just be for her Patreon, but this really great essay about like a place that she loved that got either like Kitchen Nightmare or Bar Rescued or something. And it just became like that TV host's version of this bar. So it went from like a failing restaurant that she loved to a bad restaurant that she didn't like. And then it's still like you were saying, went out of business a year later. So it's like it's what a bummer that like, hey, let's take a thing that that has a loyal clientele and change it so that even those people hate it and then hope that they bring in a whole bunch of different people. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it seems like it's on purpose too. like, before we move on to the, the block, I do want to bring, you brought up bar rescue. I want to bring up the best bar rescue episode of all time, which is pirates <laughs> bar and grill, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one to me is very funny because it's so clear that John Taffer hates everyone involved with that bar. And if you haven't seen the episode, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, it's a pirate themed bar and grill where everything is pirate themed. All of the servers are dressed as pirates and it's like everyone who works there wants to work there because they want to dress up as a pirate on a day to day basis. And then he changes it to something that none of their previous clientele would like. No one working there would like. He changes it to because it's near a bunch of offices. Wait, so this is the like, one. Sorry. This is the one that she wrote about. Because yeah, this was cor- like her corporate bar, bar and grill. Was pirates. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So exactly. So uh, but my theory is that John Taffer fucking hated everyone who worked there so much that he sabotaged them on purpose and just went the complete opposite direction and knew that it would be a failure. Like, that's what it seems like to me sometimes. I still yeah. can't get over him being this like so-called expert and he renamed it corporate bar and grill it's a horrible every episode of bar rescue if we were being like really honest about how to improve every place he would just like sit the owner down of all these like horrible failing businesses that people hate and be like hey stop hire uh, stop sexually harassing your daughter's friends that you hired to work for you and that would be the whole episode yeah (laughs) yeah it's way more about counseling than it is about anything else Uh, (laughs) speaking of uh counseling let's move on to our block tale what did you tweet you brought receipts, Bucktail. Woo! 
No longer can see the post. It's a block tail. Woo! You probably deserved it. It's a block tail. I don't know if this will have anything to do with counseling or not, but, you know, sometimes it's like it's therapy just to talk about it. Uh, Josh, uh, this the floor is yours. What do you have for us? Okay, so I think I will I will talk about this from kind of a therapy point of view. Hell yeah. So okay, perfect. There's one person who has blocked me, and I see their tweets often. They're a popular account, and I remember vaguely having seen their tweets before they blocked me. I don't know why they blocked me. Uh, they've also, this person has also blocked my wife. She doesn't know why he has blocked her. Um, and, and so it's the, I assume his real name must be Chris Evans because his handle is at not Captain America. And <laughs> I don't know. I think he's kind of like politically minded, uh, People seem to like the things he tweets in kind of the same way he he seems to have kind of like an just from like the context of, like you know, he gets retweeted a lot with a lot of like so much this. And so I don't know who he is or what he does. I bear him. I don't know why he blocked me again. I bear him no particular ill will. But as an act of self-care. I've like never looked up who he is or tried to figure out why he doesn't like me. So the the I know this doesn't make for a great story, but the moral is I think there are sometimes on the internet where people you might have said one thing nine years ago, like I might have just been like, oh, I didn't think that uh, Avengers was as good as everyone said. And now and he's like, well, I, forget that guy blocked. Who cares? And so there's no. But there, to me, there's not going to be like pulling out the stitches of that block and being like, what's under there isn't going to feel good or be gratifying. So I like don't know who he is, don't know what he does, might be a great dude, might be just a lovely man. But I have never investigated because I, you know, if he if I look at his tweets from like a, a different browser where I'm not logged in in and I mode. see in, in, right in Porto in New York Times mode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then, and I find out that he's like a jerk. I gain nothing. And if I find out that he's like a cool guy that all my friends like, then I just feel more bad. <laughs> and like, I'm not gonna like start a sock puppet to be like, "Hey, man, what's what's your beef with this guy?" Like, there's just no reason for it. So like, it's the 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 one person. Like, I've been blocked by other people, but this is the one that I'm like most consistently reminded of and it's, it's confounding to me and it feels like a point of personal strength that I've never investigated it. And so that is like, that is my block tail. Um, so I just went to look him up and he has also blocked me. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. I, I, I you got to look not okay. Is it just at not captain America? Dan, did you say he blocked you too? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. whoa what the fuck so Stefan, you're for sure blocked then wait wait no what's his name is it not it's it's at... not cap in america c-a-p-n okay it looks like i'm gonna be blocked too i think i am also blocked wow <laughs> okay. oh it's a four-way block tail well so i'm looking at him from my curling only twitter account mm-hmm. which no one ever blocks because obviously and this is his bio 
small business owner research sorry receipts archiver and provider um so obviously this guy likes to block likes to beat talk about it. he says movie live tweeter professional inquiries chris at not he has a podcast called wine therapy which um okay i, I yeah mean, this is know. this is a mystery I, I i have to assume it's like just a if my if i had to it's guess like block just based list, on right? a, it's a block list that would be my guess so we all follow uh, one person and he has blocked us for that reason uh, is if, if I had to guess, but maybe it's something else. I don't know. Maybe it's in the, yeah, else. It, the, the podcast is a little bit of politics, a little bit of reality TV, but more let's answer questions from would you rather okay. join high school BFFs, Chris and Nancy, as they down a bottle of wine on their podcast, covering politics, pop culture, relationship advice from a black LGBTQ and feminist perspective. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I I've never interacted so, with them. So I, I have maybe to be it's because list, I follow but... you, Josh, like maybe, maybe, maybe he hates you so bad that you're, be the like center of the block i'll tell you though when you when you looked at none of that stuff as it's like cool all right man um keep doing what you're doing again no um it seems like their podcast has kind of an an interesting uh angle that they take on on the subjects they uh they pursue i don't want to say anything bad about him because i know nothing about him but he comes up like friends will quote tweet tweet him like during moments of political turmoil or like just like heightened discourse and they'll be like uh, thank you for saying this. And I won't know what he said and I won't look it up cause I don't want to hurt my own feelings. Yeah. But just now the, the four of us, like the three of you all looking it up one at a time and being like, we are also blocked was such a balm to my soul <laughs> that I was like, Oh, I felt like I'm not a uniquely abrasive person like it must be some kind of block list oh stefan and i be... are both way more abrasive than you yeah so you have so. to worry about that yeah <laughs> well it's so just th- weird because he does seem to be like i was just looking through his tweets and like for lack of a better word he seems to be like a fairly woke guy that it seems like we share a lot of the same politics so like like usually when stefan and i have ended up on some sort of block list it's because it's like a centrist or right-wing person who you know looks at all these left wing or whatever they think antifa podcasts or people and just blocks us all but this guy it would seem i mean again this is a very cursory look at his twitter but it would seem like we have pretty similar politics so i'm not quite sure why we would all be blocked but yeah I'm I'm glad that I'm also glad that nobody had brought this up before. I'm glad this was a richer vein than I had feared it might turn into. (laughs) No, no, this is good. And it's like, it's just like mystifying. It's one of those social media mysteries where it's like, this guy might not, might not have ever heard of any of us. And we're like talking about him and being like, uh, what's his motivation? <laughs> yeah. Well, what you brought up too, which which we've talked about before, and there's a specific anecdote that I think we've brought up on on the show as well, uh, is when someone that you're blocked by gets like quote tweeted, and you're like, oh, this is like a pain in the ass. To, if I want to see what what the the post is, but yep. um, a friend of uh, a friend of ours was blocked by the NHL, like just the official <laughs> NHL account. And so whenever uh, the NHL would post like a video of like a really cool highlight or something, and someone would quote you and be like, oh my god, like what an amazing amazing goal or save or hit he'd be like oh i can't see it i have to i have to like do like yeah, two extra steps so to see what this highlight about is. the nhl shop he like tweeted at them oh, and he was like your online store sucks or it was like something like that it, it wasn't that exactly but and then yeah they just blocked him which is like crazy because i feel like it was like you know five years ago or so like i feel like now most corporations unless you're tweeting like 
you know, pictures of your dick at them every day or so they're right. not going to block you because they understand like we're a corporation. We got to sell stuff. We can't block people. Like I feel like this, if he did the same thing now, he would not be blocked. Yeah. But this I was like the would, earlier would get, days like, one of, of Twitter. Those automated customer service or prepared customer service things is like, Hey, think, why don't you DM us? Tell us how you could, how we can help. Like, yeah. And, but back then, right back then, I feel like individual social media managers, there was yeah. not that protocol of like, everybody be cool. Let's deescalate this. We're <laughs> yeah. not trying to uh, make it make it difficult for anyone who's trying to buy Nashville Predators jerseys right now. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Now, well, right. And back then, people were like a little there was like a little more leeway to be like, oh, you don't think the NFL store is good? Well, blocked, baby. Get yeah. out of our life. <laughs> yeah. Get Fuck your hockey you. on Instagram. <laughs> don't watch our games. Stop yeah. paying attention. Fuck off. You know? Uh, yeah, no, you're totally right. It, it's it's <laughs> so uh, funny. It is so, it's so funny. I know, like, I've heard, because, um, like, one of my favorite writers <clears throat> who writes about my favorite hockey team, the Leafs, for The Athletic, I know for a fact, just from, like, he, I know other people on the inside, like the athletic literally had to tell him to stop blocking people because he's also the editor in chief. So the, the athletic was like, you can't just block people because they call you a nerd online or they say right. fuck to you or whatever. Cause that was his policy for a long time was he's just blocking everyone who said anything that he perceived to be like remotely disagreeing with him or whatever. And they actually had to be like, look, you're the editor in chief of this thing. We're trying to grow this business. Like you can't just block everybody because they say that you're a fuck a nerd or whatever Which, honestly so, blocking everybody that calls you a nerd i'm like kind of fine with that as a move unless you're like a politician or like hold great political you know some kind of social influence and people are like giving you legitimate criticism but if they're just like hey man leafs rule and you suck you're a nerd and if he's just like blocked i don't need this in my life i don't care <laughs> yeah I like, i'm i mean i'm fine with it too but i do know that that tends to be the sort of overarching right. corporate policy these days it's like you can't just block people well it's uh, so but, funny that it's like you like they're because um you know new york times there's so many journalists who are not allowed to express overt political opinions right like they're not allowed to like say where they stand on issues or candidates and but they're also just expected to like suck it up and eat it whenever anyone yells at them <laughs> online which is such a bummer where it's like i can't clarify what i meant by that because i can't give my personal opinions so i just have to like sit here and let you call me a cock <laughs> <laughs> totally uh well we do have a listener block tale this week that is a little bit more um i mean we can understand why uh this person got blocked <laughs> uh this is from mike uh the subject line is just unfollowed by jeffrey tubin for sending him shrek's dick um, <laughs> So he says, hey, John and Stefan, I didn't get blocked, but I think this is close enough. Jeffrey Tubin just made his first tweet for the first time since he got fired for jacking off on a work Zoom call. By the way, this is this email is from November. So and it's a very strange post. Hey, any of my followers work at any phone carriers? If so, reply with I important. Naturally, as soon as I saw this, I simply replied with the letter I as requested. I got in really quick, so it was the second one of these he received, and he apparently hadn't yet realized his very, very stupid mistake, so he followed me. 
I quickly photoshopped the gross picture of Shrek fully nude, grabbing his erect penis on the top of a Zoom window as a reference to his now famous I was incident. really hoping it would be in a Zoom window when you said Shrek's dick and Jeffrey Tubin. Yes, exactly. Uh, and then uh, he simply replied with the clown emoji and then unfollowed me. So technically not a block, but I think it's even better. Then he emailed us six hours later to say, update, he blocked me. <laughs> Oh, that's oh. wonderful. The unfollow, so, yeah. I think, was was enough for sure. Like, that's an honorary block, but... Uh, oh, definitely, I'm glad but to I'm get the block, the too. Yeah. Phenomenal. I've never seen this Shrek pick before, and I did not like it. Can also, I see it? By the way, so... Uh, yeah, here, I'll see if I can get You can share your screen, you... I think, right? And then... <laughs> oh, can I? Yeah, okay. That, yeah. that would make it real easy. Uh, oh, so hit, uh, now. There hit we go. present in the bottom right yeah, there. Yeah, got it. Okay, I'm really excited to see this. I'm going to present a tab here. You're getting the full block party experience, Josh. This is it right here. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> you guys getting that? Uh, it's oh coming. Oh my god! My it yeah. hasn't shown up. Up oh, there it is. <laughs> the the oh. angle of it is very funny. That's yeah, really the angle good. makes it really good. I just ugh. You I think you'd have a bigger dick than that? To be quite honest, I think oh, we wow. need it's to thick. describe it because it's not what I was picturing. I was picturing kind of like a crude fan art of like a yeah. dead on picture of shrek right like at yes. at kind of chest or eye level uh head to toe but this is shot from pov shot from below yeah, yeah. it's like a foot fetish thing almost or like a giant yeah. test fetish thing you yes know what i mean yeah. that's like, very yeah. much very much shot like that and it's up at shrek so you kind of see his his dick and balls <laughs> yeah. as it's the camera pointed up and he's looking down at the camera like he yeah like and a it's very, like photorealistic too like yeah, i was yeah, thinking like a with deviant like art animation. like, like microsoft be, paint kind of thing it, you know it might have been the real shrek it actually did kind of look like the real shrek yeah maybe it's, it's like, like some, some dreamworks fans, i think it was some like dreamworks animator who got fired and he was just like oh whatever i'll just make a shrek dick thing i don't care fuck dreamworks maybe, you know you know in those old disney movies where they would put like a cloud that says sex in the background this yes, one guy exactly. just took it way too far there's one frame of just shrek with yeah, his dick and balls out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, right before Shrek and Fiona's wedding. But it is um, that, that's the other thing is that it looked it was 3D rendered. It didn't look like yeah. a like a drawing. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah well, exactly. hey, you know what, John? Maybe we can post that in uh, in the Discord. Oh, I'm sure we can. Yeah, if yeah. you're a, if you're a patron of the show, you can get into our Discord. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. If you want to send in a listener block like Mike did, you can do so at blocked at blockedparty.com, or you can fill out the form on our website. Uh, if you want to donate to the show, you can go to Patreon.com/blockedparty, where five dollars a month gets you access to four bonus episodes every month, three bonus episodes, and one live show. The live show this month is coming up this Friday, January fifteenth. Stefan and I are going to be curating some clips of uh, Canadian commerce show dragon's den uh for our friends brian and brett from street fight radio that's going to be a blast and we also have a uh, a listener donated episode coming out this week uh, stefan and i are going to be joined by libby watson one of our faves to watch oh, a lifetime a lifetime movie called cyber seduction uh which is about <laughs> a teenager with a porn addiction and it's extremely strange but that'll be coming out later this week uh, all that info and more is at patreon.com slash block party and we also have yearly subscriptions now so you can check that out too you get 12 months for the price of 10 we also have a donation level where you get a free t-shirt all that information's over there you can follow us on twitter and instagram at blocked party pod you can always rate and review the show on itunes that always helps us in the algorithms as well uh josh we always like to finish the show with a top three suggested by our guest uh i'm excited i don't know where you're going i'm ready uh, go ahead oh gosh we've been um 
we've been all over the place on this. <laughs> um, I, let's go with uh, let's go with top three appetizers because we were talking about Ooh. like top three bar, like or let's we can expand a little more. Top three bar food menu items. Okay, I love Ooh, this. Okay, this is great. Love that. Uh, what's your love What's it. your number three item, Josh? N- number three, I'm going to go uh, deep fried pickles. Yes, that's a great. That's a really good great choice. choice. Um, I love and deep fried. Pickles. I mean, honestly, that's my number three as well. I, I had to have it on my list. I think I have a couple that I that I prefer ahead of it, but deep fried pickles are just they're so nice because you only get them at, at at a bar. You know, like there's certain at bar appetizers that you can get in other places. You can make at home. You know, mm-hmm. you can buy at the grocery store. Um, that's like a bar only thing. And yeah. yeah. And it's I'm, also, a thing I miss them you, so much. It's a thing you want. Like after you've had, if you are a drinker, after you've had like a drink or two, because yeah. there there's like the nutritional value is like, uh, it's got like the nutritional value of like putting a gun in your mouth and pulling the trigger halfway. <laughs> and <Yeah>. so <laughs> it's like, it's just not good for you. And, and so you kind of, you, it's like, if you kept it in the home, I, like if I walked into a friend's house and and they had like fried pickles out or like just in their freezer, I'd be like, I'm worried. We need to have a pickle vention. <laughs> but <laughs> it's so nice to have like twice a year out at a bar. It's just like what a treat with like various dipping sauces. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. John, you know what? I'll make it three for three. Deep fried wow. pickles. Why not? Wow. Uh, I also love a deep fried pickle uh, for all the reasons listed. I love pickles. Like I'm just a big pickle fan in general. Dill mm-hmm. only. Don't get it, get out of here with the sweet pickle nonsense. Not for me. But uh, yeah, a deep fried pickle with a great dip. I mean, you just can't you can't go wrong. I, I like it's it's one of those you know it, it's that sort of thing of like just oh deep fry anything and it'll taste good. But when you already love pickles that much and then you hear deep fried pickles, you're like I'm on board. I don't need to know anything else. It's beautiful. Yeah, uh, Josh, you're number two. Okay, this is this is a little bit this is a little bit niche, but I love we're going to stay in the kind of briny zone. <laughs> um, that's my fa- that's my failed nautical your favorite, bar. Your favorite zone, <laughs> briny zone, yeah. Yeah. Um I love this is a thing that again, I've I only get at bars, but I I love a um vodka martini, a dirty vodka martini with a blue cheese stuffed olive. So blue cheese stuffed olive is my number two bar food item. That is very niche. That's what 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 about that makes it good. Like what is it feels very fancy. I don't know why you it. I don't, it's not like an expensive amount of blue cheese. You know what I mean? It's not like, Oh, it's truffle blue cheese. So each one is $80 (laughs) or whatever. It's just like cheese in an olive. Um, and it just feels like it, it classes up the drink a little bit and it tastes so good on all of stuff with blue cheese. And and again, not a thing I would I've ever had at home, not a thing that I would order like a whole dish of, but like two to three on a on a toothpick in a drink. That's like a great bar food for me. And and, and it just gives you like a little bit like when you're it takes the edge off of like, man, I ate dinner like four hours ago and I've had a couple drinks. It just takes that little edge off of like, so you don't go, you know what? More fried pickles. <laughs> Another <round. laughs> Yeah, that's a good call. That's true. That's um, a valuable, that's a valuable player on the team. The one that mm-hmm. just like satiates you a little bit. So yep. you don't spend another $10 and eat another, yeah. the gun, the trigger doesn't get pulled a little <laughs> yeah, bit yeah, closer. 
Uh, Stefan, your two. So I, I mine is also blue cheese related, and it's a specific uh, uh, bar appetizer from a specific bar in Vancouver uh, called Six Acres in Gastown. Uh, mm-hmm. Very very nice bar. I think it's currently closed uh, because yeah, of, I think so uh, too. COVID, which which sucks. But hopefully they'll open up again at some point this year. Uh, and they have like a gorgonzola like hot pot thing where it's just like a shit ton of melted gorgonzola cheese uh, and you just like dip bread into it and it's wonderful it's like so filling it's so nice with like like just any beer really um and like it's an appetizer that is really towing the line in terms of being like it's filling enough to be like a main course because it's just so much bread and so much cheese but it's it's so good so that's my number two is the gorgonzola hot pot uh, okay, my number two, uh, also a location-specific uh, appetizer. This one, you can... Well, I, I, lots of... Pl- I shouldn't say lots of places. Some other places will do it, but the one I'm thinking of in particular uh, is at the keg. They do bacon-wrapped scallops, mm. and uh, it is like... Because scallops are normally very expensive. It's like quite an affordable appetizer. I want to say it's like 12 bucks somewhere in there, and you get like... They, they cut the scallops into pieces... So you're probably getting like maybe three total scallops, uh, but they cut them into like thirds. They wrap bacon around it. It comes with this really good cocktail sauce. It's just like a cheap way to enjoy scallops where it's not like a $30 meal. And I always like, I love scallops, but it feels like when you get them as a meal at a restaurant, they're never filling you up. Like mm-hmm. you kind of get like two or three yep. and you're like, oh, this is so good, but I wanted like four more, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just like the perfect, like you get to enjoy scallops, wrapping them in bacon. Always a good call. The cocktail sauce is awesome. So yeah, that's my number two bacon wrapped scallops. Good choice. Josh, Great number choice. one, number one, I'm going to go chicken fingers, chicken, t- chicken fingers, chicken tenders. Yeah. I was debating between tenders and wings. Um, it was, it was tough. I feel like the, just the cleanliness of tenders makes it a little easier when you're if you're like out with a bunch of people easier to share you don't have that um tower of bones reminding you of the 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 lives that were lost so you could enjoy <laughs> meal while you watch sports um i uh that's i think a, a benefit and i just like again di- dipping sauces of choice i feel like it's a customizable appetizer a customizable thing you get a bunch it's enough to share you can even cut them in half with you know a lot of places if they're generous sized it's just like good for it's it's like everything you like or everything i like about being out it's like having something that's like a little treat a little something i wouldn't necessarily have at home um different sauces for different people and then not having it be like oh you touched this one now it's gross because you've got like your hands are sticky um just a pretty unbeatable uh, an unbeatable appetizer at a bar, and they're and they're like hard to fuck up too. Like hard to fuck like, up is a great point. Basically, every bar will do like decent chicken tenders. Even so, the frozen yeah. ones are like totally fine. I don't need like yeah. a fancy fifteen dollar breaded like house breaded with their own spice yeah. combo. It's just like heat up something you found in the back. Charge me eight dollars for four, and and uh, I'm a, I'm a happy guy. Yeah. Well, and it's also good too because if you do go to one of the aforementioned dive bars or like a place that maybe you wouldn't necessarily choose or you're like a little bit worried about the kitchen, you're like, these will not poison me. Mm-hmm. Like the chances are very good. This These just came from a frozen bag and they do still taste better than at home because they at least still deep fry them, yes. which you don't get to do yeah. at home. So, you know, yes, you might have frozen chicken strips at home, but you put them in the oven. It's not the same type of thing. So you have that going for you as well. So, yeah. 
all around great choice. Thank Stefan, you. you're number one. My number one, I feel like, John, you might do this one as well. Uh, this is on every bar menu in Canada, uh, and it's poutine. Oh, um, sure. I, I, I had to do it. Um, I mean, it's it's just... It's the perfect. It's the perfect bar food. It really is because I love. I mean, fries by themselves are obviously great too. But poutine, you love get fries. the cheese curds, you get the gravy. Uh, you know, they can put other stuff on there, obviously. Um, and again, another thing that's pretty hard to fuck up too, just because there's so much. It's just even if like one of the items in the like if the fries are not great in the poutine, you have the gravy and the cheese to make up for it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think number one for me is poutine, and I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's John's number one as well, but I could be wrong. No, it's not. Wow. Um, Poutine doesn't even make your list as a Canadian. Well, this is a bombshell. Well, I just, okay. I like poutine. My fiance, Becca loves poutine. It's like her favorite thing. I like it. Um, I'm just a bit of a, I'm a bit of a poutine snob, I think, Mm -hmm. because like it's good here, but like, I think Josh, you've been to just for laughs, uh, uh, Oh, what? Okay. But I have been to Montreal. There you go. So yes. the poutine in Quebec, once you have it, you're like, it's just, you can't, it's good in Vancouver, but it just is never as good as you want it to be, yeah. in my opinion. Well, the, be- the best in Vancouver is like the guy from Montreal, the Belle Patat. On, yeah, exactly. It's just like a, exactly. a couple, like a brothers from Montreal or something. So, totally. Yeah, John's uh, right. But Stefan, can mm-hmm. I piss you off first before I get to my number yeah, one? Yeah, please do. Yeah. I, okay. And Josh, this has been well documented on the show. Like, I don't really care that much about food. I'm a pretty bland eater, pretty picky. Mm-hmm. I don't get, and I'm not nationalistic particularly, especially when it comes to food. But I was watching... Um, just like a rerun on food network of like a food truck show, like diners, drive-ins and dives, but Mm -hmm. for food trucks, this lady had a like Louisiana themed food truck and she made what she called a poutine. And I was, I mean, Becca will tell you I was fucking livid. And I mean, and I, this is not something I would normally care about. Okay. But it was, uh, it was fries, obviously. Then it was topped with, gravy but then it had brie instead Mm. of cheese curds Mm. and a fried egg on top of it and then she took flowers and like sprinkled flowers on the top i was furious i mean i was fucking livid and this is not (laughs) something i would ever care about i was like just i was like this is not she's calling this poutine are you shitting me like i love when my food is topped with not food that's always so good to me also uh, putting a fried egg on top of like a food dish that was done already is like such an upsell trick for like oh and for four dollars you get a fried egg (laughs) yeah it's so uh, it pissed me off but my number one is it is french fry related i think I will say too, chicken tenders are like one of my favorite things on earth. I love them. Uh, I'm still, I still think eventually I will start my dream blog, uh, which is where I just try uh, chicken fingers all over Vancouver. It's called Strip Search, uh, <laughs> and it is going to be great. <laughs> but uh, I was just got really stuck on appetizers when you said it first, so I feel like I formulated my top three with appetizers in mind. My favorite one. This is also restaurant specific. It's a very shitty restaurant. It's called Kelly O'Brien's. It's like oh. a. Vi- it's like a. <laughs> yes, exact, it's like something you would see on Bar Rescue, uh, where it's like, yeah, we're just like an Irish themed restaurant. It's very, they also have a Mexican spinoff called. Carlos O'Brien's, which is so funny. Yeah. It's literally just an Irish pub that makes tacos and it's called Carlos O'Brien's. 
<laughs> which is so good. But they had this they thing just called... call it, hey, don't come here. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's bad. But I've curled, I, I curl and I've curled in a lot of small towns. And sometimes this is the only option available. But they have one appetizer and other places do this too. It's called Pachos. And it's like French fries dressed like nachos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And th- so they use waffle cut French fries, uh, sour cream, green onion, uh, I think bacon. And they, it comes with like this secret sauce dip thing. I think it's basically like Thousand Island kind of. It is so good. I mean, if you want to go to a bar and have just an, a gluttonous appetizer where you feel like you're going to die through the whole process, through eating it the next day, everything it is it's perfect like when you say bar food when you say appetizer it takes me right there i love them so much so that's my number one that was a very that's long great. and convoluted number one but it is my no, it's a great choice yeah nevertheless I've had, them, I've had them as tachos too with like tater tots oh, yes yeah and those so are good delicious but i think one of the problems with the tater tot is sometimes like under the the moisture of the 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 toppings they kind of mush together so it's harder to like pick out like a, yes. a nacho or a, a fry a waffle fry kind of remain retains its integrity a little better if you're sharing totally and it's bigger too right like mm-hmm. the a waffle cut fry is quite big so you don't feel like you're touching like yeah, six yeah, yeah. other ones you're, while you grab one and it holds the stuff on top of it in the yes. way that a that a corn chip nacho does chip. yeah that's totally. really nice yeah. You got it. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for being here. This has been an absolute blast. Uh, before we go, is there anything you'd like to plug? Sure. Um, I would like to plug. Uh, I have a podcast called Make My Day. It's a comedy game show with only one contestant. So the uh, <laughs> contestant always wins. Um, and uh, I have a book called Nice Try. Uh, that's a, an essay collection. So if you if you like the stories I told here, maybe you'll, you'll like those ones. Uh, and Jesus and Mero comes back January 31st on uh, showtime which i'm very excited for fantastic awesome, awesome. Uh, and people can follow you on twitter at oh, josh yes. gondelman at josh gondelman on twitter and instagram g-o-n-d-e-l man thank you so much this is such a, a pleasure yeah thanks oh, for coming on the pleasure was all ours thank you so much thanks everybody for listening again you can donate to the show patreon.com slash block party uh, you can follow us on twitter and instagram at block party pod and we'll see you back here next week goodbye bye everyone <laughs>